Well, welcome. Uh, if you're in Chelan and you uh, brave the wintry tundra that is uh, uh, Alaska and Chelan County, thanks for being here this morning. If you're online, thanks for being, I guess, wise and staying home in your warmth of your house. But in Brewster, there's a lot going on. Uh, Brewster, we congratulate uh, you uh, for the Brewster Boys basketball second place finish. I know it wasn't first, but everyone would love to have just made it. Not a, so uh, nice job. We can. Uh, uh, as usual, Brewster. None of the Manson people are clapping for you. Uh, uh, that's not your fault. That's on them. They need to change their attitude. All right. So that's a big deal. Uh, congratulations. Also up in Brewster, not just the Brewster boys basketball, but Billy Bosch's baby was born. Yeah. Billy and Joyce had a baby yesterday morning. His name is Weston. Uh, everybody's fine. Um, so we sent some reinforcements, not that you needed it, but Andrew Cowan was up there. I'm sure he did a great job leading uh, uh, the, his band up there. And Pastor Graham is up there. So I don't, I'm, I'm hopefully all is well up there, but congratulations to Brewster in so many ways. Uh, so we're finishing up our relationship series that we call Lucky and talking about what happens. And listen, whether you're married or dating or just best friends or whatever you are, whatever relationship, even between parents and kids and stuff, I think most of these principles are relatable. All right. So you don't have to be married to, to, to pay attention. But we've been talking about what happens when you go all in, when you, you're, you, you just give it your best effort, and some of you say, I did that and I got hurt, or I did that and was disappointed, you know. And a lot of us, listen, you're in the same camp with, with my wife, because I think when we were dating, again, I started dating Darlene when she was 15, I was 16, and I'm sure through those years we dated, she would have agreed, agreed with Bruno Mars and said that I was amazing, and I should just, she loves me just the way I am, all right? But that wasn't honest. Have you ever, have you ever uh, experienced something you said, I just wish they had been honest with me? Let, let, me, let me give you some examples. Like, like, look, if you could change the advertisement so it spoke truth, like this one. Hot pockets. Every bite's a different temperature. <laughs> Who's with me? All right. We're gonna, I, I, I'm, someone's going to get offended. Uh, Ikea. We throw in extra parts just to mess with you. <laughs> Best Buy. You can try it out here before you order on Amazon anyway. You just go in, you look at it and order on Amazon. That's a good one. I don't know if you have this anymore. Hamburger Helper? Mom's tired. I mean, that's just honest. Like, what you plan for? In it? Why isn't it? Dad's tired. Why didn't Dad make that meal? Lazy. Uh, this is a good one. U-Haul. No experience driving a large truck? Good luck. They just hand you the keys and you're just going down the road. You don't even have any idea. Let alone pulling a trailer. All right. Anyway, this is my favorite. Denny's. It's 2 a.m. and still time to make one more bad decision. Come on in. Come on in. Denny's is the, I'm sorry if you're the owners of Denny's or you founded it or is it your favorite restaurant? The Montelonis went there on Thanksgiving. They had some, I mean, it, obviously their life was in crisis. You end up at Denny's on Thanksgiving, all right? Uh, it's the worst restaurant in the world. This is what caused the fight last night with Darlene and I. Next one. Applebee's, for when you're too lazy to prepare your own frozen food. Now listen. <laughs> she loves Applebee's. 
And she edits my PowerPoint. She's like, well, I don't like that one at all. And I said, oh, so, honey, I'll take it out. Um, <laughs> but she knows, she knows that. It's like the Kyle she thought she was getting, it didn't take long until she's like, oh, you are not that amazing and do not stay the way you are. All right? I, yeah, yeah. Like, because she would have said, like, oh, Kyle, he's so funny and attractive and he's low maintenance. And most of you who know me would agree with that. But if you're married to me, it didn't take long, maybe a week of marriage to figure out, no, I'm sarcastic, self-absorbed, and detached. <laughs> if you're going to put that on your dating profile, hey, date me. Well, tell me a little something about yourself, Kyle. Well, I'm sarcastic, self-absorbed, and I'm detached. Oh, well, sign me up for that, right? Or, listen, when we were dating, Darlene would have said, he listens for hours about my interest. We got married, and then I talked for hours about my interest. Or I watch them on TV. Second, third, uh, this is my favorite. He'll do anything to win my love. Again, I'm not making this a male-female thing, but ladies, you fall for that. When we're dating, we're at our best, all right? Yeah. In fact, just a side note. This is not even in my notes, and I'm only talking to the gals. Online Brewster Insulin, listen to me. Don't. When you're dating someone, you're like, I wonder if this is the right person for me. Don't go by how he treats you. You look at how he treats other people. How does he treat the, 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 uh, the, the waiter or waitress or server when they come up to the table? How does he talk about other people in your circle? I'm, uh, of course he's going to treat you nice. All right? And then surprise, once you get married, uh, uh, we'll do anything to, to win my love. No, man, for the years I did anything to win an argument. No one wants to be married to that guy. So some of us got involved in a relationship. Maybe it went far enough to get married. And then we said, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. It feels like we bet on the wrong partner. Like I went all in, pushed all my chips, my love chips in. And then I found out, ah, it's not what I thought. But guess what? They, you're probably not what they thought you were either. Because we get to a point where like, oh man, I didn't know I was broken and I didn't know I was married to a broken person. Good news. There's all kinds of ways to make that work with a little bit of effort. So this morning, in the time I got left, I want to talk about relationship fizzle, fizzle to sizzle. All right? Like if you find yourself, and this might be just with your kids, like, oh, you pick up from school and they come in the house and you're like, oh man, I wish they weren't here, all right? Again, that would be an honest statement. None of you parents are going to say that, but of course you said it. Or kids, you get home and like, oh, I wish my parents were, just leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? It could be friendship. It could be dating. It could be wherever you're at, all right? But we're going to talk about how to move when you, when you feel like this is not what you signed up for. You're not getting what you need out of the relationship. Uh, you wish it could be different. Man, there's all kinds of hope, you guys, for that. Let me start with this. Your relationship, not your responsibilities, determine the reward in your life. Let me break that down just real quick. The relationship you have is what brings the most encouragement and hope and uh, 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 goodwill, feelings in others. Not your responsibilities. Your responsibilities at work. Your responsibilities around the house. 
Your responsibility to get the chores done. Your responsibility to get to work on time. Your responsibility to get that report done at school. All that, yeah, okay, get that done. That's good. Be organized. But your responsibilities out there are never going to bring the reward and satisfaction that you're going to get when your relationships are right. And some of you know that to be true. Because you can gain the whole world. You can get everything that you set out to do. You can have money in the bank. You can have the house. You, your kids can be just model perfect kids and get second at state. All right? And you still may be unfulfilled. Because relationships are so much more important. Relationship determines the reward. The relationship, listen, if you don't take control of you and the relationships around you, life takes control of them. And then you are a slave to the the call of culture and work and school instead of concentrating and investing in relationships. Most of us have been married for a certain amount of time, and I don't know how long that is. For Darlene and I, it was about six months where we said, "Uh uh-oh, this ain't going very well. And then it took us another 10 years to even do something about it. So most of us, fall into some kind of pattern that looks like this, all right? Uh, fall in love, romance, right? That's easy, right? Because uh, anybody can fall in love. All you need is a pulse, but staying in love takes a plan. So the romance part is fine, right? I mean, I've been in romance with lots of girls. Olivia Newton-John, for starters, God rest her soul. I mean, you can fall in love with lots of people, right? And then when it wasn't Olivia Newton-John, then it was Cardi B. So there's, there's lots of different girls I fall in love with. I don't even know who Cardi B is. All right. When I say things that aren't in my notes, that's when I get in trouble. So I, if I just said something bad, I apologize. Romance. Then reality hits. And that could be still while you're dating. But for most of us, it's like, uh-oh, we're married. Now you, 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 got, the, you got to set the alarm. You got to get up and go to work. You got to pay the bills. You got to figure out how to get along with each other. You, you find out new weird idiosyncrasies that each of you have. You have to adjust to them in, in everything. And then, then pretty soon you just get into a rut. It's the same old, same old. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you just find yourself, and that's when your relationship, whatever that is, whoever that's with, begins to fizzle. Then you hit the regret like, oh man, I, I wish it was different. Or even worse, I wish I was with someone different. Then finally, resignation is like you just give up or you move on. You do something different. Now, listen, I hate that I have to say this. But if you're in a relationship with an abusive person, none of this applies to you. All right? If you've been mistreated, uh, uh, none of this applies like, Okay, just work harder and be nicer and, 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 and uh, uh, um, start sizzling more than fizzling and, and that personal change. No, that, that, you need major help. You need to be in a safe place and then work on that with, with, with some kind of professional. All right? None of this applies if you're in an abusive relationship. All right? Now, all this, we get, all of us find ourselves one way or another here somewhere in the course of our relationship. And remember... It's your relationship. This is why it's so important. It's your relationships, not your responsibilities, that determine the rewards in life. All the good things in life, and you know this, and I don't care if you're just a middle school, you're just figuring out, you know this. When you interact with someone, you hang out with your buddy, it's, you're having a fun time, that's where life is. 
It's not, it, it, it's not in a report card or a, or a win or, or a brand new something. So what do we do? Let me give you a, kind of a relationship remedy, all right? And if you've been in church a long time, I'm giving you a warning right now. You're going to like, uh-oh, Kyle, what are you doing here? And you're going to be uncomfortable for a second, but just we'll come back around. If you haven't been to church before, you're not a church person, man, you're going to love this. This is going to be great, all right? So just, just hang in there a little bit. But I want, to, I want to talk about what do you do when you find yourself in a rut, when you want to, to, to uh, 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 change the, the course of your relationship, when, when, when you're not satisfied, when you feel empty, what do you do? Let me give you some general tips and then really super practical stuff as we come to the end. All right? Now, in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, uh, there is a lot of weird stuff there, right? And it's hard to interpret. A lot of different people uh, interpret things differently and everything. And, and uh, again, it, um, the Apostle John, buddy of Jesus, had this vision. And then he tried to write what he saw and experienced and put it down on paper. And then we're trying to understand it and explain it and everything. Great. Not going to talk anything about that. I'm going to talk about the first part of Revelation. And then the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, it's kind of cool, Jesus kind of gives a, a, a state of the church address. You know how the, the, the president does a state of the union and he says this is what's going on. Uh, Jesus comes, Jesus, Jesus, uh, his very words are given to John and John writes them down. And there's seven main churches and those churches represented Christianity at the time, let's say. But I think the, the teachings and the directions and instructions from Jesus apply to anyone who wants to be a follower of Jesus today also. But there were seven churches, and he did the same with every single church. He'd stop and say, to the church in Chelan at Real Life, you're doing this good, this good, this good, but you know what? You should probably work on this, this, and this. So he gets to the church, the church in Ephesus, which was a major church in a major uh, um, environment. And he says, man, I just appreciate so much uh, how you care for other people, how you're diligent in in, in, in showing up and meeting needs and gathering together. He says all that. And then he says, however, I, ho- I, I have this against you. The love you had at first is gone. Talking about the love between them and Jesus. Remember how far you've fallen? Return to me and change the way you think and act and do what you did at first. So, Jesus said, listen, when you find yourself in a relationship that's fallen away, when you find yourself in a relationship that's in a rut, when you find yourself in a loveless situation, here's the steps to take. And I think the steps that Jesus gives to rekindle a relationship with him are the same steps that we can use to rekindle relationships with each other. Jesus says, listen, first thing you do, remember. Remember back when you fell in love? Jesus is saying, Remember when you got excited, when you understood that you couldn't save yourself and you needed a savior and Jesus himself showed up to be your rescuer and the sacrifice for your sin. Remember when you accepted that and started to put that into practice, how on fire you were. And they were like, yeah, we remember that. What happened? Oh, we're from... It kind of fizzled. So it just says, first thing you do, remember, come on. If you're in a relationship with someone, at one point, <laughs> you were kind of excited about them, right? Remember, I mean... You get a text from them, 
Or in, in my case, Darlene would send a Morse code, and um, we didn't have any phones. Yeah, you're excited. So start there. Remember. Two, return. In fact, the word is repent. And we got all weirded out with the word repent because it's like some super churchy Christian word. But it's not. Repent is like, hey, if you're doing these things and it's not working, turn around and quit doing those things and do new things. If what's going on in your life, instead of just giving up, instead of just resigning, instead of just giving in, what if you could stop doing what you're doing? And again, you're only responsible for you, right? And you turn and go the different direction and do new things. Third, repeat. Just keep doing that stuff that kept you connected in the first place. So, as a way of remembering for the next uh, 20 minutes, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some remember cues, all right? So, to remember what Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, really what he says to all followers of Jesus who, who, who want to follow well, and what he, we can use in our relationships currently to avoid the pain of relational defeat, remember, repent, then repeat. You're like, that rhymes. Yeah, you know how long it took me to come up with that? I'm going to do it again. To avoid the pain of relational defeat, remember, repent, then repeat. There's a process, you guys. Instead of just living with a rut, and most of us, we get to the rut stage in our marriage or relationship, and we're like, ah, oh, just endure this thing. We're not thriving, so let's just survive it. Man, there's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. All right, so I want to talk about relationship sizzle. I'm going to give you, and I hate doing this, but I love doing this. I'm going to give you five steps to relationship sizzle. All right, now, sometimes we think, okay, I'll just do these five steps. Everything will be fine. All right, in fact, some of you are going to try to do all these five steps by the time you get to the car or on your way home, okay? It, it, it takes a lot more time than that. In fact, I would say just pick one. Just pick one thing to work on. Pick one relationship to concentrate on and pick one of these things. And they're very, very, I tried to make them very, very practical. And just in case you don't know me well, I am married to, I really am. I'm married to one of the greatest women in the world. I tell her all the time. Um, I'll turn to her. This is at least a couple times a week. And I'll turn to her and I'll say, you're my favorite. And she'll like, my, your favorite what? Well, she's working on a jigsaw puzzle. Well, you're my favorite jigsaw puzzler. She's just my favorite. I just... I like her, not just love her, all right? She not so much married to the best man in the world. So I know what it feels like to be in a relationship that's stuck, that's fizzling. I also know what steps it takes to make your way out of that and what steps you do to keep yourself there. Even as you slide back, you get back out of that. So I'm not sitting up here and say, man, I got this nailed. I am saying our relationship used to be so much more worse. And now I think instead of surviving, we're kind of thriving. So let me give you a couple of things. Um, they're all A's, so you'll remember. Number one, attention. Attention. This is kind of the intellectual part of, of uh, intimacy or relationships. Attention is pay attention to the person you're in relationship with. Notice them. Single them out. When they walk in the room, look at them. Which means what? You're probably going to have to 
turn the TV off or put your phone down. Paul, talking to people, uh, followers of Jesus, uh, says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others also. And Paul wasn't saying, hey, God's got a bunch of rules. Follow these rules. If you don't, you're in big trouble. If you do, if you do, God likes you. If you don't, God doesn't like you. No, Paul's saying, in order to be in a great relationship, in order to experience the life that you were always meant to experience, look out for other people's interests before you look out for your own. And we get so scared about that because we think we're going to get ripped off. But the reality is, when we invest in our partners or another person's interest first, they get their needs met, and then it comes back on us as well. Let, let, I, I know I'm no best husband, all right? But I, it's so annoying, maybe that's one of my, my traits, to Darlene, every time she leaves the room, when she walks back in the room, I look at her. So much she's like, what are you looking at? I just want her to know I noticed that she's there. Last night, I was trying to fix something on, on my computer on the PowerPoint. And um, she was trying to, she found something that she wanted to talk about. And she'd tell me the story. And I'm like, I got to get this fixed. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. And that's what I heard. It was like, blah, 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 Kyle, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, so I just stopped and I said, listen. I want to hear your story. Can you give me five minutes? I'm going to fix this. I'm going to close it. And I'm going to listen to your story. Now, you should have said, well, you should listen to the story first. And then, okay, well, maybe I should have. When she walks in the room and she says, hey, do you got a second? I put down my phone. I mute the TV. Or I turn it I'm serious. That stuff, ha- I have to do stuff like that just to reach mediocrity as a husband. All right? Because it's easy for me to get my own world and ignore what's going on around me. If you really want to put this step into action, here's an action step. Date night every week. If you have done premarital counseling with me, if I've ever done your wedding, you know that I say this over and over and over and over. Date night every week. Because you know what a date night every week does? Shows that you're important and you get attention. It's scheduled on the calendar. You're like, ah, we don't have the time or the money to do a date night. Really? Uh, Sorry to be harsh. How much time does a divorce, how much money does a divorce take? Well, that's kind of mean, Kyle. I'm just saying, uh, uh, an hour a week, and it doesn't have to cost you any money. If your date is walking around the block, but schedule it and put it in so it's the same day, same time for the most part. Because if if your date night is breakfast on Saturday morning, then all week long you're like, okay, at least we got that time together. We're really busy, but I know our date night's coming. I know someone's scheduled and I'm important and they paid attention to me because that's coming. Now, you can disregard that and think, Kyle, you don't know nothing. Okay. From failure as a husband to much more success lately as a husband, that works. Dudes, how hard is that? Oh, man, you got to go on a date with your wife. I mean, it's so easy. It's an hour, maybe two hours of your week. All right, sorry to get all fired up. Two, affirmation. Not just attention, affirmation. Um, Words build up people. Paul says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. 
what you say to each other, what words you use with each other makes your relationship better or worse. It seems obvious, but it's not. Encouragement build, gives you confidence. Um, when, when you're encouraged, even though you know you're not perfect, but they, they still love you anyway, and their, their words prove that to you, that's super important. Listen, if you're in a relationship, um, compliment your partner in front of their friends. I mean, at home you can say, honey, thanks so much for... But when I'm around her buddies and I say, man, my wife's so great at... That, that's just even more encouragement. Uh, I, I would challenge you to find everyday things and acknowledge them. In our house, my wife makes the dinner, I do the dishes. That's just the way it is. I'm not saying it has to be that way. That's the way it is at our house. I try to, and I don't every night. I try to say, honey, thanks so much for making the dinner. She's like, I make dinner every night. Yeah, but I, I need you to know I appreciate it. In our house, my wife does the laundry. So when I see, like, my workout clothes all washed and folded up and sitting on my dresser, I try to stop and say, honey, thanks so much for washing my clothes. You're like, that's kind of her job, isn't it? Yeah, that kind of attitude is what gets you in marriage counseling. You know, or it's that, it's that feeling. And dudes, I'm not trying to just pick on you because I'm, I'm sure I'm not a woman. Women, I'm sure you struggle with the same thing. But you're like, yeah, I thanked her once. If my feelings change, I'll let her know. You know, I mean, there's people out there like that. Yeah, on our wedding day, I said I love you. If, if that changes, I'll let you know. But you've never said it again. Listen, what would happen if the action step was one praise a day. Let me ask you, when you walk into a room, especially when your partner is there, or even if it's your friends or just your friend, when you walk into a room, do you come praising or do you come plaining? Do you come looking to encourage people or you come in just complaining about everything? Are you a come praiser or are you a complainer? You're like, oh, that's just who I am. And that's just, well, we don't love you just the way you are. <laughs> Maybe we do. But like, come on, that's just who I am. Well, change. <laughs> if you're not pleasant to be around, if you're mean, if you can't be an encourager, if you can't look to the interests of other people, it's time for you to start changing. Next, affection. This is the physical part of intimacy. It's like, yeah. I used the word he and she in, uh, the phrase he and she in last week. Um, I apologize, but I'm going to use it again this week. Uh, parents, you can fix it at home. Um, Paul says, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by getting, not giving, not getting. So many times, the physical part of the relationship moves to the top of our relationship, and then we're just on a search to get, to get, to get, to get. Well, the middle schoolers, high schoolers, I know you think the he and she is a big deal. But there's a point that some of us know that all the he and she stuff, when you get married, and you can he and she and no one gets upset with you, you figure out, 
what am I going to do with the other 23 hours and 45 minutes in the day? You still got to live with that person. The he and she and gets in the way of you understanding all the rest of the stuff. Gets in the way of you understanding how to be an encourager, how to say nice things, how to be sacrificial, how to be unselfish. Here's an action step. God, most of us need like eight to ten hugs a day. What if you always kiss good, goodbye and goodnight? What, what if, again, I, I don't know who you are, male or female, wife or husband, I don't know. But what if you spoke the physical love language of your partner instead of trying to get what you want through your physical love language? That seem, maybe that seems obvious. I don't think it is, you guys. But when you leave the house, you kiss. When you say goodnight, you kiss. And then there's no other ulterior motive. It's just like, you're important to me. I'm going to acknowledge that with a hug or a kiss. All right, last one. I had, well, not in my notes. I, we, always, we always kiss goodbye. Uh, like when she shows up, this, like she, we never come to church together because I always come early and then she, she came in to teach kids. When she came in the, the comments, I, I just, when I saw her, I kissed her. I mean, that's just what we do. We kiss hello and goodbye. We kiss, you know, that's just what we do. There have been times when, because I go to bed like at 9.30, she goes to bed at 11.30, where she'll tuck me in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when that started. I like, I hate just going to bed by myself, and she'll come and she'll tuck me in. I don't even like to be tucked. Uh, but, like, we'll be fighting. Like, she probably said something inappropriate or something. <laughs> and I'll storm off to bed. I'll get in bed. I'll turn off the light. I'll be fading to sleep, and I think, crap. Get out of bed. I turn on the light. I go back out, and I kiss her. And I turn around and go back and get in bed. I don't say, I'm sorry. I don't say, let's work this out. Um, I just know that I'm not going to bed unless I kiss my wife. Even when she's the most heinous person in the world. I think it's so funny you guys all laugh at that. Like, All right. I got two more. Brewster, hang in there. Adventure. This is the most, this is the, uh, this is the most difficult one for me. Uh, King Solomon, at the end of his life, wrote, a, wrote a, a, a book. We call it Ecclesiastes. It's in the Old Testament. And basically he said everything he invested in didn't work out. Money, women, fame, everything. And the book is really depressing. And the whole book is depressing until you get right to the end. And he says, so you know what? Put God first and, and then you're on your way. Because I didn't and this was the result. But he's got this uh, 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 verse towards the end of the, the book. He says, enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you. He's like, life is just like chasing the wind. You're never going to get what you want out of it. However, if you find a person where you can give and receive love, 
it makes a meaningless life a whole lot more meaningful. So what do you do? What hobbies do you share? Where do you go? This is a struggle for Darlene and I. Like, she works out alone at home. I go to Body by Bordner and, and to, uh, the, the boot camp class. She didn't like going. I, I like working out with other people. Um, she loves doing puzzles. I like watching the Boise State Broncos and the Philadelphia 76ers and the Gon- Gonzaga Bulldogs. She doesn't. We honestly, this winter, have gotten into a rut. So that I've had to, like, not watch games. I know it's a sacrifice. And, just, and, and even the times we're trying to do things together, like every Saturday night, we make frozen pizza, gluten-free, and we watch a movie randomly. We just find a movie and watch it. We don't do enough. We're not active enough. We don't share the same hobbies. She doesn't like to fish. This is the one thing that we, I, have to work on. And the problem is, you can use the excuse like, we're too busy. And you'll do that the rest of your life, and you'll look back and say, oh, man, I wish I would have made time. Here's the next step. Plant spontaneous rut busters. We don't have kids at home. It's just Darlene and I. Um, Friday late morning, um, some friends of ours texted and said, hey, we're just doing this last minute thing. Do you want to go down to Wenatchee and go to a restaurant with, with us and this other couple? I was typing yes before I even read the thing because we're just looking for anything to do at any time. It, it was, it was uh, for us, it was something spontaneous which we need just to, because we can go and do, we don't have little kids running around or whatever. We can go and do whatever we want whenever we want. So that's our thing to work. If you find yourself, you've been in a relationship a long, long time, you've been married a long, long time, you're kind of in a, in, in a rut, man, this is one thing you could do. I know it sounds crazy, but if you just came home after work or whatever it is and say, come on, let's just go for a drive. I'm going to walk around the block. Let's go, I mean, whatever, just do something different instead of, come on, you, come on. Monday night's the same, Tuesday night's the same, Wednesday night, come on, you know what I'm saying. What, what could happen? Last one, alignment. This is kind of the spiritual part. That you get on the same page when it comes to your thoughts and actions in life towards living in a relationship with God through Jesus. You got to get on the same page. When you do, man, good things happen. Paul says, if if you've received any encouragement, if you've received anything great, from being united with God. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. The way that happens is when you click into who God is. And I don't know what that looks like here, but connecting with God together is an answer to a fizzling relationship. Um, when you are in this flameless rut, it's so easy to fade away. When you share the same concern and commitment to God, it's tough to fade away from each other. I don't know what that looks like for you. Um, when you're in alignment, you do life together with God and with each other. I know this is kind of corny, but... If you're here and your partner's here and God's here, I know this is corny. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. I mean, I just, 
there may be some truth there. What do you do that continues to promote a relationship for yourself, but then with your partner as well? Listen, I would encourage you to show up to real life. If you got another better church, go to that one. But consistently, you'll get an alignment when you show up at church with your partner, with your family. Show up here. Join or start your own small group. Listen, it gives you something else to do during the week. Listen, I would even let you count in as a date night. You can click off two things at once. Uh, uh, get involved in small. Get in a place where both of you can start hearing and thinking and talking about stuff of God. I shared this a couple weeks ago. Darlene and I aren't big get-together, do devotions, read the Bible together, pray together. That's not what we do. We do that independently. We talk about it together. But here's the next step for you. If once a week even you just went to your partner and you said, uh, how can I pray for you? You don't have to pray for him right then. You're like, oh, that, maybe you're uncomfortable with that. But if you just said, listen, I pray for you every week. What's going on? What can I pray for you? What can I go to God about on your behalf? Make a world of difference. All right, let me give you three quick next steps. Uh, up in Brewster and online and in Shalem, we have these blue cards that we hand out. Uh, they're the connection card. If you have a prayer request, if you have um, a concern, if um, you want to sign up for something, if you have a question about something, uh, but all the next steps are on that card as well. Because we want you to be able to listen to what we do on a Sunday morning and then act on what you heard. So let me give you, here's what do I do now. Two, you decide to be the initiator. Don't wait for your spouse. Don't wait for your boyfriend, girlfriend. Don't wait for your friend. You be the initiator. You decide to make some changes. You decide to bust out of this rut. You decide to get to church. You decide to say kind things. You decide to put your phone down. Regardless of if they follow you or not. Regardless of if they do the same thing or not. You be the initiator. And husbands, when your wife says, you're just doing that because you heard that at church, you say, you betcha. Because I want our relationship to be better, and I know I can take responsibility because I'm not doing everything I should. Two, um, commit to one couple's faith step. What could you do together as a couple? Maybe that's a, a prayer in the morning. Maybe that works for you. Maybe that's joining a group. Maybe that's showing up to church. Um, um, whatever that does for you to consistently keep God in, in the midst of your relationship, even if you're just starting out in faith, would be great. And finally, receive the powerful love of Jesus. And I don't want to get all preachy, but it is my job. We started this whole thing about four weeks ago, and we said, if you are trying to get all the love you need from the person you're in relationship with, you are going to be disappointed. If you start with an empty cup, and you expect your partner to fill it up, your love cup to be filled up, it, it, it never happens. If you start with a real relationship with Jesus... And you start with some love in your cup already that you found that you can count on no matter what that comes from God because you're in a relationship with Jesus. 
Then your partner only has to fill up a little bit. Then you just need a little from them. And then all you have to give is a little back. And you both feel completed and full because of the love of Jesus. Now, for some of us this morning, we need to rekindle a faded love with Jesus. That the words in the book of Revelation, when, when, when Jesus says to the church in Ephesus, man, you, you've kind of left your first love. When Jesus was top of your list, that's kind of faded away. Maybe that's where you are. You've been a follower of Jesus for a while, maybe a long time. Maybe you used to go to church, now you're just coming back. But maybe that's your concern to stop and say, wait a minute. Maybe I need to invest and check out my relationship with Jesus before all these other relationships get in the way of that. Or for some of us, this is your day. You get to start a relationship with Jesus. That maybe for the first time you're, you're listening online or you showed up in Brewster and you're here in Chelan and someone invited you and you're like, this is all new to me. Here's the good news. God Almighty loves you exactly the way you are. He's capable of that. But because of the gunk and the sin or mistakes, whatever you want to say that we have, that gets in the way of relationship with God. So God sends Jesus Christ, his own son, to be the sacrifice, the rescuer of every single person who chooses to reach out and accept the gift of rescue. The Bible calls grace. Don't have to earn it. It's a gift that you offer. Then you do that by saying, okay, God, I know I can't save myself. I, sitting right where I'm at, no matter where you're at, I choose to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Even though I don't understand everything, I'm going to believe that I need a rescuer, and I believe that it's the perfect sacrifice, Jesus. And as I say that, I know that at some point in your life, and I apologize, that you went all in maybe in church. But that's the problem. You went all in and the church let you down. You went all in to some phony Christian that called himself a Christian. You went all in to following all the rules, right? And you're left like, I'm done with this. But I'm asking you to go all in with Jesus. Put all the other stuff aside. Everyone that has said they're following Jesus and has disappointed you, the church that hurt you and your family, all the list of rules that you thought, I can never live up to those. Of course you can't. That's why you need a rescuer. It's never about rules. It's always been about relationship. Whatever your journey's been, I would encourage you that you would give your life, your relationships, your future to a loving God that provided access to him through Jesus Christ. And you would do that today. I'm going to turn the service back over to Pastor Graham in Brewster. Here in Chelan, let's pray. God, thanks so much that you love us. You prove that when, when, when we doubt that, we, we look at Jesus. We look, we look at his sacrifice. We look at the whole Easter story as we approach it in a month or so. God, help that to be real in our hearts and help us to figure out, to make a decision, to allow you to be our Savior because we know we can't save ourselves. God, many of us struggle with relationships. Many of us are struggling with all kinds of stuff. I ask that we would experience the love and forgiveness that comes from Jesus as we navigate through all this other stuff in life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Have a great, great Sunday. See ya, love ya, bye.